Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hey, Katie, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Missa. How are you? I'm good. I'm ready for season two of the Baby Witch Podcast. Yeah, season two, even though we just like did a full year and we called that a season and now we're doing the second year. So, I mean, who decides what a season of a podcast is really? Yeah, I read this uh, webcomic Lore Olympus and it's been going on for years and just randomly the person who makes it decided that they are ending season one. And starting season two, I think just because they wanted to take a two month month break from doing it. But it's like, how, like, so your seasons are multiple years? Anyway, but, yeah. You know, it's it's 2020. We do whatever we want now. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you listening in at home, if we do have some weird sound quality, not that we don't always have weird sound quality, um, but Katie and I are both battling, like, weird weather during this recording. Um, mm-hmm. Katie is, is in Colorado. It's surrounded by wildfires right now. Um, mm-hmm. California had like random freak thunderstorms this morning and there was like a fire tornado somewhere. So, you know, it's, it's just regular 2020 stuff. Yeah. Just, uh, fill out your 2020 bingo card accordingly or your apocalypse yeah. bingo card accordingly. Um, but yeah, I actually saw something really funny. Someone had posted a meme of like, a gigantic dan- dinosaur towering over the city and someone was like what would you do if you woke up and saw this and the top answer was thank 2020 for remaining consistent so <laughs> yeah. yeah pretty much but yeah also my throat might be a little raw because I went hiking in like there's four massive forest fires in Colorado right now and just our air quality is awful like you can go outside and it smells like a campfire right now um there is an improvement today because the sun didn't turn red by 3 p.m like it had like the rest of the week um but yeah I'm sorry if my I feel like I've been inhaling smoke all day so sorry if my voice is a little huskier than usual or you know uh-huh sure it was a forest fire you know this girl's from Colorado we know what she's really about <laughs> I mean but- I also have the asthma. I eat my weed. So don't. Fair, fair. All right. Yep. <laughs> yep. So our uh, podcast topic this week is what is a witch? And this was inspired by a listener who um, DM'd us on Instagram asking us these questions. And we were like, I thought we reviewed this already. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, no, we just kind of started out without answering these very basic questions about what a witch is, which we do say hello, witches and wonders. So there have to be some people who are just witch curious and aren't calling themselves witches yet. So, um, you know, I feel like this is an important thing for baby witches and people who may become baby witches to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank you so much. Um, to the listener who reached out and to everyone who reaches out, we definitely want to answer your questions this season. Um, you know, we've gotten back to some of you saying like, these are really big questions. We're answer them. We'll answer them later. Um, or let us do some research on them and we'll get to them eventually. So if you've asked us questions and we haven't answered you directly, um, there's a good chance that we will get to you on the podcast. Yeah. Or it's, you just, message in the middle of the workday and I took a look at it and was like oh I don't have time to answer this right now and then like I'm just gonna yeah I'm so <laughs> sorry sometimes it takes me a while to get back to you just because it's one of those things where I either do it right then or it remains undone for like two weeks or longer yeah, so definitely. yeah yes same here same here all right so um with the we're gonna kind of answer this question what is a witch um, in the way that it was put forward to us in this Instagram DM. Um, so answering some of this listener's questions directly and then kind of going into it as a more broad category. Um, so if we kind of wax poetic or philosophical at some point, um, to us, that's just kind of the nature of witchcraft. But a lot of these questions are coming directly from a listener. 
Yes. And yeah, that's how we really formatted this. We just took, cause she asked us a bunch of questions and we had to, and we're not saying her name because we didn't ask her permission to put her name on this episode. Um, so yeah, but yeah, so we are literally just taking these questions as that person puts them to us or uh, put them towards us. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first question um, was, is witchcraft a religion? Which we did kind of go over this um, at the beginning of season one um, when we did our religion and witchcraft episode. Um, but again, it's in, in a podcast with, that discusses, you know, what is a witch? I think it's definitely important to bring up again. Yeah. So the short answer is no. Witchcraft is not a religion. It's not like, you know, you go down to your local witch church and get converted to witchcraft. Um, no, it's, I would say, like, if I had to define witchcraft as anything, is it's just a spiritual or maybe not even spiritual. It's like meditation, but with extra tools. Um, and I would say that it's mystical. So that's why it blends into other things. Um, but I would say, no, witchcraft in itself is not a religion. It blends into other practices. But that being said, you know, there are quite a few categories um, that you can practice. Like there's Wicca. Wicca is like a dogmatic witchcraft religion, which I don't like it because I was in Catholic school too many times. And so I just don't like organized religions, period. Um, but yeah, so there's Wicca and some other more established traditions that are very dogmatic and you could probably define them as their own religions. Um, yeah. But that you don't have to be Wiccan to be a witch. So, yeah. Definitely. And we do get some questions like that. Um, we've gotten a question, I'm not gonna go into it fully because it is gonna be brought up on a, a later podcast um, that kind of asked about witchcraft and was using, I think, witchcraft and Wicca interchangeably. Um, and so I think it is important to remember that Wicca in and of itself is its own dogmatic practice. Um, so like if you are Wiccan, you are a practicer, practitioner of Wicca. Um, you've probably been initiated into a coven or looking to be initiated into a coven. Certainly there are solitary Wiccans. Um, but it's not just you can't just decide one day that you are a Wiccan. There, there are steps to be taken to be a Wiccan specifically, um, just like there are in any other type of, of religion. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then, you know, and I feel like most witches fall under this category, but there's like witchcraft as a loose spirituality. So these are people where they're not part of a really structured tradition or practice, but they, you know, they're pagan. They, you know, work with a certain god or goddess outside of a specific tradition to that god or goddess they practice nature animism they do an ancestor practice which we'll get into that in our october episode but um ancestor practices because everybody has different ancestors everybody's ancestors practices are going to be very different um so i feel like most witches they fall under this like like witchcraft is a spiritual tool for them and it allows them to connect with their spirituality and you know broaden their spirituality and learn like go deeper into their spirituality but it's not necessarily like it's not organized and it's not dogmatic and it's really just whatever the hell you want to do so yeah. yeah and I think it kind of um there's some gray area between religion and spirituality and I think a lot of witches at least modern witches might fall somewhere into that gray area um, where mm -hmm. we might, if someone were to like really pin it down and be like, what is your religion? You have to have a religion. You might say, well, I'm, I'm a witch. Um, but really in reality, mm -hmm. your craft is more spiritual, um, than, than dogmatic religion. Um, for instance, um, there was a professor, I don't know if he was my professor. Um, I don't think it was, but again, as Katie and I have talked about in the past, um, we were required to take a couple of religious studies courses in college. And basically this professor's definition of witchcraft, of witchcraft, <laughs> of religion was, um, oh gosh, I'm not going to remember exactly, but there had to be, I think it was an ABC, like 
something, but basically the C was for conversion. So there had to be a specific way to convert to this religion or to be initiated into a religion in order for it to be a religion. And therefore witchcraft wouldn't be a religion in and of itself because you don't always need to convert or be initiated into this practice. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And yeah, that also just like, we were having a discussion whether this like loose, like witchcraft specific spirituality with the animism and ancestor worship and working with, you know, pagans and gods and goddesses outside of a more dogmatic tradition. But I don't, I personally wouldn't call that a religion just cause like, yeah, like if you held my hand over a fire and told me to pick a religion, I would say I'm a witch, but like, I like to me, a religion is very dogmatic. It's organized. Like, I don't know. This is me again. I went to Catholic school for way too many times and I just do not like organized religions because in my opinion, they always end up corrupted one way or another. Um, yeah. But yeah, but- I would very much. Yeah, but I would consider myself, I have a very deep spiritual life, but I'm not necessarily religious. Yeah, but that's not to say if you consider yourself a religious witch, if you consider your witchcraft to be your religion, that's totally valid. We're not here to tell you that witchcraft can't be a religion or that in order to be a religious witch um, or for witchcraft to be your religion, you must be Wiccan. And then again, in that witchcraft Mm -hmm. and religion episode, we discussed all or not all, but many of the different ways you can incorporate witchcraft into a non-typically quote-unquote witchcraft religion. Um, so to be like a Catholic witch or a Jewish witch or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, witchcraft, if you want to consider witchcraft your religion, totally valid, but you don't need to be mm-hmm. a certain religion or consider yourself religious in order to be a witch. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. And I'm sorry if what I said made you think otherwise. That's just my personal, um, that's what works for me. Um, but yeah, and I'll, yeah, go back to listen and listen to that episode. If you are Christian and you want to become a Christian witch, or if you are Jewish and you want to become a Jewish witch, because it is like we said before, witchcraft blends into other practices. So it is totally possible to blend your religion that you already belong to and a witchcraft practice. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's also possible for you to just be a completely secular witch that you don't, Mm -hmm even necessarily consider this a spiritual religious practice. It's just a practice that you have. It's part of your lifestyle, Um, especially for those of you who have maybe been harmed by religion in your past. Um, To to think of this as a religion or spirituality might be um, adversarial to you. It might might feel, um, again, harmful. So it doesn't, it doesn't need to be, if you don't want to think of it as religion or spirituality, if it's, if it's something else to you also totally valid, we're not here to gatekeep. Um, however you view it, if it, if it works for you, then it works. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about before, you know, it is totally possible that this is just, you know, psychosomatic woo woo stuff that tricks your brain into um, you know, creating magic for yourself. Going back to yeah. what I think Pam Grossman has said, like, I wouldn't do it, but it didn't work. So there's that. And also, like, if you are practicing witchcraft, and that is true, like, there's no, nothing spiritual or magical behind it, but like, it helps you, what's wrong with it? So exactly, yeah, it can, it can be a really great tool. And what I found is that um, witchcraft is a great tool for healing, for self-exploration, Um, and it's, you know, it can, it's totally valid to be atheist and be a witch and yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of people who would consider themselves agnostic or atheist witches. If that is you, um, how you would define yourself, you're definitely not alone in in that feeling or that practice. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, And yeah. Yeah. So our next question, um, was how do I become a witch? I like my notes. I actually didn't say who. I just said, how do you become a witch? <laughs> how do you become witch? Um, yes. But yeah, so there are totally like, you know, like we said, those more standardized traditions, you totally have to do a formal covenant initiation and go through an apprenticeship and all that stuff. And that is true of those more established traditions. That being said, like, you may not want to be a part of those traditions. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, if you're looking to be initiated into a coven, 
those are always options, usually a specific coven or if they follow a specific sect of, of Wicca or, or other type of tradition within their coven, they'll have a formal initiation ritual that you'll have to learn the steps to and um, things like that. Neither Katie or I are, are initiated in either of any of those types of practices. Um, so we can't give you steps about like what's involved in that. Um, but you know, if, if you're interested in a specific coven and they're willing to share that information with you, you might ask them about that. Mm -hmm, exactly. So then say you don't want to be a part of those traditions, but you still want to do some sort of formal self-initiation practice. Um, and yeah, that is, there are books that teach you how to do that. Um, Missa, you did your own self-initiation, correct? I did. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what book it was. Um, it was one of those like modern guide to witchcraft books. Um, mm -hmm. but it had kind of a self-initiation spell in it. I didn't follow it exactly. I made it my own. Um, I did do it on Emolk. Um, because I do have a more goddess-based practice and that is a very um, goddess-centric Sabbath. That was the day that I chose to do the initiation. Um, and then traditionally in any kind of, of witchcraft initiation, whether it's in a formal coven or um, even in like a, a hand fasting ceremony, I think is where it's actually more traditional, but the time frame for this initiation period or this hand fasting period, whatever. Um, and hand fasting is kind of like a, a an, an engagement period or a temporary marriage. A te yeah. Temporary marriage is what I've always heard where you're married, but just for a year and a day and you can yeah. make it permanent later if you want to, but yeah. Yeah. So the, the year and a day is the typical time frame. So I started my initiation um, on like February 1st or 2nd, several years ago. And then, after a year and a day, that's when I kind of felt like I had completed my initiation, even though I had been kind of an on and off practicing witch for like seven years before that. Um, so, I, you know, I was able to, to practice witchcraft without the initiation, but I got to a point where I felt like the initiation was important to me as a, a step in my practice. Yeah. So, yeah, you can definitely do a self-initiation. I personally have never done a self-initiation for myself. Um, and what ended up happening to me is that eventually I realized that my beliefs aligned with witchcraft and I started creating my own practice, my own practice, magic practice of my own. And I also started calling myself a witch and yeah, I've just kind of been a witch ever since then. Um, and I would say that that's a pretty, like those two things, you need to call yourself a witch and you need to have a magic practice and then you're a witch that's it I don't think necessarily there needs to be like if it's important to you and it's spiritually valuable to you do an initiation or go through the initiation the initiatory practice but for me like I'm a very blunt person and so to me just once I started calling myself a witch that was it I was that was enough for me um and that also coincided with me ramping up my practice, like I think in the time frame that it took for me to s start calling myself a witch, I was doing regular magic practices and starting to figure out how to create a practice for myself that was spiritually fulfilling for me. Um, and yeah, just generally, like, that's how I would define a witch, like you have to call yourself a witch, and you have to have a magic practice. That's because, you know, there are a lot of people who like, do vision boards and light a lot of candles and don't understand how that's witchy and or like do a lot of new age stuff or generally into woo woo or who are super into astrology but they so they do a lot of witchy things but they don't think about themselves as a witch and they don't call themselves a witch and so if you don't want to call yourself a witch in my opinion you are not a witch um but then like there are some people who are just like i'm a witch because it's funny and cool but they don't have you know, a magic practice or knowledge of what being a witch actually is or any of that. And so, you know, to me, you, you have, you can call yourself a witch, but you need, you need to do, you need to do the work too. You can't just call yourself a witch and have that be it. You need to do the work too. So. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, it, witchcraft, modern witchcraft has um, gained a lot of popularity lately. And so I'm sure there are probably people out there who really like the idea of witchcraft, 
um, but maybe not of having a magical practice and they want to call themselves a witch mm-hmm. because, you know, they liked Sabrina or they liked Charmed and I loved Sabrina and Charmed too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into it a little bit more later on in this episode, but um, if you don't really have a, any kind of magical practice, if you're just a witch because you have like crystals in your house and you don't know what they do and you don't really put any faith into them, but they look pretty, I wouldn't call you a witch necessarily. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you have a really witchy aesthetic for Instagram and that's kind of where it ends, I wouldn't necessarily consider that person a witch. Yes. And we don't want to be gatekeeping because, you know, I feel like witchcraft is individualized and flexible enough that I really don't think it's that high of a threshold to meet. However, there is this concept called spiritual bypassing where you just say like, oh yeah, I have crystals. So I've done the work and I'm a witch now and I'm going to be totally cool and healed and have powers. And no, you're not doing the work. So don't spiritually bypass. Like that being said, it's, you know, gates wide open. You can come in, but you have to do the work. So yeah. Um, so the next question was, what do you need to know in order to become a witch? And I have like my two basic witchcraft tenants, um, that are not mine. They're shared among a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. you don't have to believe them or put credence in them in order for you to be a witch. But I do think it's important to know of them because you'll run into these things a lot in witchcraft. And we'll, we have talked about them already um, on the podcast. So the first one mm-hmm. is, um, and harm none, do what ye will. So this basically is like the only dogmatic practice of witchcraft that like, as long as you're not fucking anybody else up, do whatever you want. Like there's no rules. Mm-hmm. Um, now that being said, not everyone believes in that. There are like, I, I believe in that for myself. Um, and that's why you don't do like curses and hexes and things like that. If you want to get into magic, I wouldn't start with curses and hexes. We talked about that already. Um, but if that's something that you want to get to in your witchcraft practice, eventually, um, I'm not going to tell you, you can't, but again, you will hear that, um, kind of talked about a lot in the witchcraft community. And so we think it's important just that you, you hear it, um, Mm -hmm. so that you're, you're aware of it. Um, but again, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a requirement, Um, Yeah, technically, I believe that's called the Wiccan read, but it's been adopted. So um, it's been adopted throughout witchcraft. I mean, I'm sure there's a few groups who are very, who probably don't hold to that. But yeah, I feel like that's a very ubiquitous um, thing that witches should know. And it's also very freeing. I feel like that's a very freeing statement. Like, as long as I don't harm anyone, I can do whatever I want. Like that's very liberating compared to, you know, the 10 commandments or whatever. So, yeah. And harming none, um, also means, you know, not harming like nature and things like that. So like, you know, just be careful that you're not gaining, you know, if you're doing a a money spell, you're not taking that money from somebody else. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. So just, you know, be careful of, of who you're affecting, with your magic. Um, and mm-hmm. then my other basic tenant that I live by, and honestly, this is probably when I started living by this rule is when I, or this idea ideology is really when I became a witch, even though I wasn't necessarily calling myself that yet. Um, but this tenant really kind of changed my life, changed my whole outlook on life. And that's the rule of three, which I know we talked about in the last episode, but I'll state it again here. Um, basically, Whatever you give out, whatever energy, ideas, actions that you give out, come back to you threefold. Um, Mm -hmm. This was popularized in the movie The Craft. Um, But I was raised Catholic, and we were raised with the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, And that is how I lived my life for a long time. I did unto others. Um, But my thoughts, my emotions, my energy that I held, I didn't consider those actions. And so I held those thoughts and that anger and jealousy and resentment in toward other people. And it really came back to me threefold. And so when I started changing my energy, and I'm not trying to be here preaching love and light to all of you, my children. But when I started having those feelings of myself, if I would get anger or bitter or jealous. I would say, 
I don't want that to come back to me threefold. I just, if, you know, let it go unto them threefold. Like if they did that to me, I don't need to hold on to it because they're already going to get it back. Um, a really weird example of this. Um, I had an old boss who was a monster. I mean, just truly one of the worst people I've ever met. Um, and just to kind of get me through the day, I was started thinking one day to myself, like, I really just want to like egg her house. Like I really, I know where she lives. I really just want to like drive by in the middle of the night and egg her house. She doesn't take care of the place. It really wouldn't hurt anybody because she'd just pay someone to clean it up. And at least that person would be getting money. And I would feel better about having done something to this woman. I shit you not. I had just moved to a new house and someone egged my house. I, I like, they didn't know me. I had never been in this neighborhood before someone egged my house. So just the thought of me wanting to do it caused it to happen to me. So that's uh that's kind of your, where we get into this, this rule of three. Um, when I started incorporating it into my life, I didn't hold on to that anger anymore. And I've been a lot happier person for it. Yes. But in your defense, your old boss was awful. And yeah, oh, yeah that's all worst. I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah. She was the worst. Um, yeah. I feel like it's just a good way to live. It's kind of like the, you know, it's it, you're right. It is the witchy version of the golden rule, but it's, you know, it's more, internal which I feel like is a really good example of what witchcraft is is it's a very internal process um like for example I was listening to um like I was listening to an old unsetting a riot episode where he was like he played uh Kurt Cameron the awful evangelical <laughs> actor who was on Growing Pains forever ago um him going to like a druidic um him going to a druidic ceremony and like asking all these awkward questions like, well, why do you want the darkness inside of you? And it's like the person who answered him didn't give an adequate opinion in my opinion, but the answer I would give would be like the darkness is there anyway. Witchcraft just gives you the ability to manage your darkness and heal your darkness. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. And, and then again with that, like rule of three, um, I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone on the podcast is a really big Trump supporter. Um, it would be really weird if you were and you've been listening this far along. But um, as much as I dislike Trump, um, I loathe Mitch McConnell because none of the none of the things that the president does can get through without checks and balances. And McConnell has just kind of let checks and balances fly out the window. And so every time McConnell really pisses me off, I just think to myself, just he will be getting threefold of what he has given out. Like what is waiting for him is way worse than anything. If I wanted to do a curse or a hex, there's no way I could touch the negative energy and impact that that man has given out that he will get back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a fucking bottom feeder. Um, I can say but, words. He's a fucking bottom feeder, but yeah. Yeah. But that's also like how I get through other than just like sitting there and stewing in my anger and um, you know, that, that idea of, holding on to anger or hate is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Um, that's, that's how I live with the rule of three. I don't hang on to it. I just give it right back to them. I go, you know, you made me feel this way and letting it go. It'll come back to you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah. And that's an important part of witchcraft. And then the other thing that I feel like you just need to know if you want to become a witch is what magic is and how to tap into it. So I feel like the best, and so let me take a step back because there are these bigger concepts where, you know, you know what they are, but if you ask different individuals how to define it, you're going to get, you know, if you ask five people, you're going to get five different definitions. I know this is true in feminism. If you ask five different feminists how to define feminism, you're going to get five different things. Um, within uh, my degree, anthropology, uh, the concept of culture. Um, when I was in school, my advisor taught us that culture is learned and shared ideas and patterns of behavior, which works for me, but that's not the standard because every, like, there's a ton of different ways to define culture. So I personally feel like magic and, like, it's hard to pin down and define this stuff because 
you know, we're saying this and this is what works for us, but you know, it, it could also be something where the definition that we are giving is, isn't going to resonate with every single witch and that's totally valid. It's just that, you know, there are these bigger abstract concepts that aren't always going to be easily defined. So anyway, with that said, moving into how to define magic. Um, so the definition I have always liked best and has resonated for me is that magic is the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. And this comes with Crowley. And so this is the idea of like, it's the science of and art of getting things to change how you want them to change. It's power, it's do putting in the work to make things change. And like, you know, going back to an atheist perspective, this could be something like tricking your brain into healing from harm so your anger goes away or like tricking your brain like I'm going to do a spell to manifest a job and then that leads to you putting in the effort to get a new job that sort of thing um personally I think magic's a little bit more mystical than that because some freaky shit happens sometimes um but yeah I mean that's how that's my basic definition of what magic yeah so then I would say like the second part of that is you have, yeah, if you want to become a witch, you have to figure out how to tap into magic. So I would say that you just need to do your research to figure out how magic manifests in your life and what the best path is for you to utilize it. So like, this is a long process. This is a process I've been doing for over three years now. And I think I'm just coming out at the tail end of it and creating a more established pro process. But um, like, so it isn't necessarily work that has to be complete in order for you to call yourself a witch, but it is the work that you do as a baby witch, hence why I call myself a baby witch. And it's also how you create a more established practice that ends up being something permanent that will be with you for your life. And then, yeah, outside of that, like witchcraft is so broad and so individual to reiterate, like part of the reason why all these things are hard to define is that I really feel like witchcraft and magic is whatever resonates best for you. And so I don't want to get more specific than that because what resonates for me might not resonate with you. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I would have to add is that, again, it's called a magical practice, not a magical perfection. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's, it, it's going to constantly evolve and change and you're never going to have it right. Again, with witchcraft, there's no dogma. Um, that's been something that I've had to repeatedly convince myself of over the last many years um, that I'm never going to have my own religion like I wanted. I'm never going to have um, like, a, I don't know what they're called. I'm a bad former Catholic, but like, you know, you had the book in the Catholic mass and you open it up and it told you how to do when to stand, when to kneel. Like you had that ritual. Um, I'm never going to have that. My, my practice is going to be constantly changing and evolving and that's okay. That's part of witchcraft. Mm -hmm, exactly. And yes, like I was saying, yes, it is always going to be evolving and changing. I was just giving like, I feel like a lot of the past three years has been me like trying out a little bit of everything. And now I'm like finally settling into like, okay, these are the things I want to do regularly and nothing is permanent nothing, everything is going to change. Or like you could be way, like you could establish a really good herbal practice that works for you for 30 years. And then you could be like, you know what? I'm sick of drying this shit and making teas. I'm going to go focus on crystals. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, you may join a coven and that coven meets for five years every Sabbath. And then, you know, you decide it's time for a solitary practice or it just kind of, you know, your coven is 13 people and then it's nine and then it's six and then it's three. And then all of a sudden you're, you're on your own. Totally fine. You haven't failed or you don't have to give up. Um, you can just be open to change. Magic is change. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so with that, I wanted to give you kind of, we, we talked about what is magic. Um, based on Crowley's definition, I use a very similar definition. Um, and so I, the, the title of this episode is what is a witch? Um, so I just wanted to kind mm -hmm. of give you all my definition. And again, you can ask 300 witches, we're going to give you 300 different answers. 
Um, but a witch to me is someone who recognizes and harnesses the energy or quote unquote magic. You can spell magic with a K if you want to differentiate it from like Harry Potter magic. Not everyone does. I, I prefer it. Um, but to, to harness the, the, that magic. Um, so that that's the energy of, of candles, crystals, nature, the elements, um, deities of any religion or specific mythology, um, spirits, the fae, your ancestors, any, any of that energy. So it's just recognizing that everything kind of has an energy and then using that energy to, to make change. So a, a witch is someone that makes that change, that, that uses the energy to create change. And that might look like many different things. It might just be inner peace. Maybe that's your whole magical practice is just, you know, meditation to use the energy of candles and crystals to bring you peace. You've got a high stress job and, and that's your whole practice. That's totally fine. Um, it could be protection. It could be to get a promotion, um, spiritual guidance, healing, or, or whatever else you would use your magic for. So again, energy and change. Th those are the big things. That's, that's how I see a witch. Mm -hmm. Yes. And again, like my definition, I feel like is very, but yeah, it's basically you have to have a magic practice and you have to call yourself a witch. And yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of people that, that do these kinds of things, do these kinds of magical practices, and maybe they consider this on themselves practitioners of magic. Maybe they don't. Um, they might just consider themselves more new age or um, a lot of people just use the term woo. Uh, like you're, he'll, you'll hear Jessica Lignato say like woo or woo woo a lot. I don't know that she ever necessarily refers to herself as a witch. Um, similar with like Rachel True in her, um, yeah, the episode that she did with Pam Grossman. Um, she just talks about being like a practitioner of like esoterica and things like that. I don't think she ever really calls herself a witch. Totally fine. You can do all of these things and, and practice everything and never consider yourself a witch, never call yourself a witch totally valid that's why we like to start every episode with witches and wanderers um this is a practice for everyone if you don't want to call yourself a witch um we're not here to you know point the finger and you know accuse you of witchcraft mm -hmm. exactly and also like some people don't have a safe space like lighting candles and making a vision board is something they do regularly and it's a very spiritually fulfilling practice for them but like they can't call themselves a witch because if they get called a witch, then maybe their super Christian mom will suddenly not be okay with the vision boards. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to kind of get into a discussion about, because again, we're not the ones to tell you whether or not you can call yourself a witch, but there are people out there who do feel like it is their responsibility to determine whether or not someone is a witch. Um, mm -hmm. Because witchcraft is so popular right now, there's, um, you know, when I first started looking into witchcraft and looking into witchcraft podcasts, I think I found like three or four and now there's like a hundred, um, you know, witches are making the news. There's all kinds of new books coming out like every day. When I was studying witchcraft in college, um, there were like four books and I could like barely get my hands on them. I had to order them from different libraries and I was like, teach me about wand or witchcraft. And they're like, here are your four options. Um, but I mean, there's just so much information out there now um, for people that want to start practicing. And there are some, and I don't say this disrespectfully, but more like old school witches. So like people who have been practicing for years, for decades, who feel like now that witchcraft has gained popularity, people are encroaching in their territory. Um, mm -hmm. And their feelings are valid, especially if they've had to do this in the shadows or the room closet, um, if they've been chastised, criticized, if they've lost opportunities, um, familial or friend connections because of their magical practice. Um, for them to see it, you know, in Glamour magazine, um, you know, cute, fun, aesthetic witches, that might be very hurtful for them. Um, and so I think it's important that we recognize the, the harm that they're feeling. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that's also like a very valid point. There are also some people where like, you know, they've lost their kids in custody, custody disputes because they were a witch or, you know, they've had child protective services called on them because they were a witch or yeah, there are still some very um, prejudiced 
areas against witches in this country. Yeah, um, and especially and, in other countries. Yeah, especially like, no, like I would maybe, well, I would say it's possible that you could, under bad circumstances, you could get killed as a witch in America. Like if you found yourself in the absolute wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. But there are definitely countries like in Africa where if you are accused of a witch, you can like institutionally there, you can die. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important, like we talked about in our witchcraft uh, or witches for racial justice episode, to take on the title of witch is to take on the mantle of the oppressed. Um, witchcraft is not just a fun aesthetic fad. So, you know, remember that if, if this is something that you're, yeah, you're interested in, you care for, um, it, you have to remember those witches that have, have suffered and sacrificed to get us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That being said, you know, sometimes these witchy gatekeepers go too far. Um, you know, you could be actually have a legitimate practice and call yourself a witch and be doing everything right. But just because you are not practicing witchcraft or like, you know, you have a really deeply rooted spirituality and to you, like it benefits your spirituality to take like pictures of your altar and put it on Instagram. But, you know, some of these gatekeeping witches, like, that doesn't make you a witch a witch at all. Or, like, because you didn't go through a, a specific, like, you didn't go through a specific tradition and do an initiation, that doesn't make you a witch. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, they do have some legitimate gripes. Like, I feel like this is the, all the answers to these questions are, like, um, you know, there is no black and white answer to this. So, you know, they do have some legitimate gripes, but also like, you know, they can take it a little too far. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you feel like you're kind of being the victim of gatekeeping, especially if you're just starting out and so you don't have a really established practice um, and you hear a more practiced witch um, or even another baby witch, I mean, certainly uh, other newer witches can be guilty of this as well. Um, telling you that your practice isn't authentic um, or legitimate. Uh, you know, if you're just starting out, you don't necessarily know what you're you're doing. Um, and so you might mm -hmm. be dipping your toes into a little bit of everything. Um, and so if someone tells you that's not the right way, that's not how you do it, um, take, a, take a step back. And, and if they're just being gatekeepers, if you're not doing it their way and so they don't like it, you know, to the hell with them. Do it however you feel best practiced. Um, but that's also a reminder to everyone not to be a gatekeeper. So if you're just mm -hmm. starting out and you've learned something one way and you see someone doing it another way and you go, that's not what Katie and Missa said on the baby witch podcast. And so that can't be right. Or, you know, not, that's not what I said in this book that every witch reads, um, you know, for the last 30 years, this is like the witchcraft text. And if you want to be a witch, you have to read it. No, not at all. Say, I feel like a really good example of this is casting a circle because like, you know, like in Gabriella Hurstick's book, um, Inner Witch, she says you should cast a circle by like pointing a wand and walking in a circle three times and imagining an energetic circle um, surrounding your ritual space. But then I've had other witches be like, no, you don't need to like literally walk around in a circle. You just need to call the corners and, you know, consecrate the space that you're working in as a, you know, a holy space. And so... Yeah, I mean, like, those are two totally valid points, but, like, is one more right than the other? I don't think so. Exactly. Um, and so you might hear something, or even calling the corners. Um, you know, that's something that's very popular, very practiced. A lot of witches do it. You're going to see it over and over and over again. If for whatever reason that just does not resonate with you, um, it's not required if, if, you know, and we've told you to do it. We've told you on this podcast that you should call the corners, uh, because that's a practice that works for us. If it doesn't work for you, um, we're not going to tell you, we're not going to watch you do a spell and cast a circle without calling the corners and being like, she calls that casting a circle. What the hell is wrong with her? Like, no, mm -hmm. that's, it's your practice. It's your path. It's not for us to decide or for anyone else to decide. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it even goes as basic as like casting a circle. 
there's a lot of like really practice witches who are like, yeah, I cast the circle a lot when I was, you know, just starting out, but I don't think I've cast a circle to do a spell in, you know, 10 years. So like, I think it's very important and it's kind of, it creates this ritual that adds some spiritual emphasis to the situation, but like, you don't have to cast a circle if that doesn't work for you. So yeah, it's, it even goes down to stuff that's as basic as that. Exactly. Um, so just, you know, be wary of gatekeepers, but also be respectful of other people's traditions. Um, as, you know, if they're longstanding traditions or if they're newer traditions or, or practices, um, you know, take care of yourself first. Don't necessarily worry about what everyone else is doing. Exactly. And then um, I did just want to say that the person who sent us this question did also ask, what do you need to buy to become a witch? And I don't think we even wrote that down in our notes. <laughs> nope. is, you, don't, you, you don't have to buy anything. Like you don't have to buy anything. Like if you're interested, we do have our tools episode that goes over like the traditional tools and our opinions on them. But like, yeah, you don't have to buy anything to be a witch. Like you could go, like if you just want to do a really basic like crystal practice, you could just like go walk to like the nearest place where you can find a rock, pick up a rock off the ground or like go to your spice cabinet. You have like oregano and rosemary in there, figure it out. Like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're never going to tell you that we're, we're never going to tell you that there's something that you specifically have to buy. Um, we did have another question from someone that was like, what kind of witchy stores should you shop at? We none like, yeah, we're not trying to tell like, you we're not trying to promote capitalism with our, our witchcraft over here um certainly there are witches that will tell you that you know you must purchase candles um there was some debate on twitter that was saying like witches can't use yankee candles and i'm like witches can use whatever candles they want to dollar store candles fancy dress yeah. candles from magical shops um, Yankee candle, if you want to, I don't know why you would, they're hell of expensive, but if they were gifted to you, use mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Like ethically, maybe you want to try to get something that is, you know, made by a small company and you can buy it without having to go through Amazon or any big box store. So you're not like giving just Be Jeff Bezos money, but also like you can also not have a lot of money and all you can afford are like dollar store candles, which are great because they all cost a dollar each. Um, and maybe that's just what you have to work with. And there's no shame in that. Just, you know, do what you got to do. So yeah. yeah, there's, there's nothing you need to purchase. There's no, um, certainly there are tools that you can purchase or you can, Oh, Katie, what is the terminology? I always forget it. Okay. So there's a specific term that I can't think of right now. But it's basically when you go out and find your tools in nature, um, you know, you find a stick on the ground and you thank the tree and that's what you use as your wand. Um, you know, you're doing your own, you know, crystal finding in streams and things like that. That's that's totally a possibility. You know, you don't have to use, you know, purchase anything specific. Um, again, it's, it's your mm -hmm. practice. If you want to, mm -hmm. if you're big into capitalism and you want to spend hundreds of dollars on stuff, um, again, it's your practice. It's definitely not what I would do, but I, I don't want to yuck your yum. If that's what you're mm -hmm. into, that's what you're into. Or even not like, you know, spending hundreds of dollars. It could be like, well, I want to have a fancy chalice. So you go to the thrift store and you buy something for $5 or like you buy something for some cool wine glass from Target for $10, something like that. So there is a middle ground. Like you don't, even if you want to get tools, like we have suggested, you don't necessarily, like chalices, for example, are very much into our chalices. Like you don't necessarily have to go to, you know, go get something super expensive. You can get tools without spending a ton of money and making yourself but you also don't have to get tools if you don't want to like use the wine glasses you already have if that's the best option for you. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but you're right, Katie. I didn't even write that question down because the thought to me of like, is there something specific you have to buy was obviously not. Um, but I'm mm -hmm. glad that you brought it up because again, <clears throat> we do have a lot of baby witches. We do have a lot of brand newbies and we want to make sure that we're, we're answering all of your questions. So no, the answer is no, there's nothing mm -hmm. specific you need to buy. Yeah. 
uh, hopefully we covered all of your questions um, to the person that wrote into us. Um, if you continue to have more questions, you're more than welcome to send them our way. We have moved to a monthly schedule for the time being. So um, that means we're going to have less information out there. So it may take us longer to get to certain topics. Um, but we certainly are trying to get to all of the topics that you're asking us about. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah, just reach out. We love to hear from people, even if it's just like, hey, I love your podcast, stuff like that. We, we love hearing from all of you. And yeah, it's exciting times at uh, Baby Witch Recording Studios. So. <laughs> Definitely. All right, Katie, do you want to tell people how they can uh, get a hold of us? Yeah, you can email us at babywitchpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at babywitchpod. All right, anything else to add? No, that's all. Just take care of yourselves. Like, there's a lot going on right now and I feel like things are just going to get more chaotic the closer we get to, like, as school starts up again and more, like, I talked to my doctor and she thinks that COVID is going to get real bad once school, schools start going back. Um, so, just take care of yourselves, be careful, maybe mentally prepare yourself a little bit just in case we do end up going under quarantine and stuff again. And also like I like politics is heinous right now and I think it's just gonna get worse leading up to November 3rd, but we'll see what happens, so. <laughs> Definitely, uh, get your ballots early um, and uh, make sure we get out the vote in November for, I mean, whoever you're voting for mm -hmm. again, I, if you're voting for Trump, I don't know how you made it this far into the podcast, but. Um, mm -hmm. uh, state and local elections are really important too. So, so definitely get out the vote this November. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I do want to say, I am lucky enough to live in a state where if you are a registered voter, the government is required to mail you a ballot no matter what. So I always vote by mail. Um, but also like sometimes I'm super lazy and forget to vote until like the day before the election. And when that happens, um, you know, it's too late to put it in the post office. So what I always end up doing is I end up going to the drop box for the, for my local County and like where I live, you know, there's about 10 per County and you can just go and physically drop it off. So you don't have to worry about the, you know, USPS losing it because of all of this budget Trump trying to sabotage its stuff. Just once you get your ballot, just give it to the government directly and then your ballot will be voted. And then hopefully we'll be rid of this evil knocking on wood so yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> all right everyone yeah. well we will talk to you next month on the next magical monday bye